0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Luke chapter 1, verse 26. That's where we're at this morning, as we're just going through the Gospel of Luke. I'm excited to be going through the Gospel of Luke. Verse 30, and then the angel said, to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And so she, she's a little bit afraid. Of course, anybody would be if an angel showed up. But he tells Mary that she has favor with God. And what this tells me is that Mary is somebody who had faith in God. Remember what we read earlier, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so Mary is someone who's put faith in God. She truly trusts Him. She really believes Him for the things that He says in His Word, and and, as this word comes to her, she's somebody who's going to believe it. Not like Zacharias, who didn't believe it, and ended up getting struck you know mute for a time. She really believes it. You know, I, I think that that's something that all of us need to kind of think about in our own lives. I remember recently I was taking I'm taking my senior high and junior high students through, the truth project right now. And one of the things that's really challenging in that at the very beginning, he, he asked that question, do you believe that what you believe is really real? And, and I think that we say, yeah, oh, I believe God's word and I believe, I believe what it says. But then when it's challenged in our lives, for instance, we believe that God will provide all my, all my needs through his riches in Christ Jesus. Oh, I, I believe that. I believe I've seen God do it. But then when we have a little bit of financial difficulty and we see that the month is is longer than the paycheck, <laughs> then we, we freak out a little bit. And so maybe like I said, you know, I struggle with faith sometimes. I think sometimes we we don't really believe what we think we believe, or we have to at least talk ourselves in or motivate ourselves into that. Oh yeah, God's word says this. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to believe. And and oftentimes we don't live. Out what we believe as strongly as we'd like to think that we believe. And and yet we know here from Mary and looking at her example that she was somebody who believed God for the impossible. And if you want to make the impossible possible, just believe God at His Word. And when you believe God at His Word and you begin to trust Him fully, then you'll find favor with God. But, But how? I guess that's the question: how? How do I learn to have faith like that? How do, I, how do I learn to have faith that when a challenge comes or, or when a, a, a God calls me to do something great or, or do something uncomfortable, how, how do I have that faith? How do I have that unwavering, you know, God's in it and I'm, I'm not worried about it? Well, it really it comes just like it comes when you have faith in someone else. Or let's use a different word, confidence in someone else. Or trust in someone else. All these words are, are synonyms to faith. And that is, is if I spend enough time with them to find that they're trustworthy. If I've had those conversations and I've spent that time and I found that this person's trustworthy, then I tend to be able to trust them to do things that I might not trust just somebody I met off the street, right? And for instance, it's not everybody you let watch your kids if you have kids. But people that you know, people that have been tested, people that have shown themselves to be faithful, and so it is in our relationship with God. I'm not going to trust God very easily until I've spent a lot of time with Him, until I've seen Him come through, until I've seen Him be trustworthy. And so that's how Mary is. She's somebody who's spent a lot of time knowing God, talking to God. In verse 31 it says, And behold, you will conceive... In your womb, and bring forth a son, and call his name Jesus. And of course, Jesus is in in the Hebrew, God is salvation. the The Hebrew name would be more like Yeshua, which I'm probably mispronouncing because I don't speak Hebrew. But we would call somebody Joshua, same name, Jesus. You know, in, in Greek, it's like Isa is where we get Jesus, kind of more like that. But but this is what this word means. It means that God is salvation. Now we see that in the Old Testament as well. In, in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10 and 11, Isaiah would say this, and the Lord would speak through Isaiah, and he would say this You are my witnesses, says the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, nor shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. That's interesting. So God is the only God. There's no God before him, no God after him, contrary to what missionaries coming to our door might tell us. And that besides God, Jehovah, Yahweh, or whatever, however you want to say that, you know, however, the the name of God, and that's when it says Lord in our Bibles there is talking about the name of God. He's saying that the the God from the burning bush, Jehovah, or Yahweh, is the only God and he is the only God savior. He's the only savior. And of course, we, we believe in a God who is three persons in one, right? We, we worship the God in Trinity and in Trinity in unity, not confounding the persons nor dividing the substance, but it is one God, three persons. The, the Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. Not three gods, but one God, right? Is that confusing? It should be, because if God is small enough for you to make sense of, then he's too small to be the God of the universe, right? So he should be a little bit of a conundrum to us. But this is a God we worship. He's, he's beyond comprehension. And he can become a man and be born into this world. And he is the only Savior. He's the only one who could save. Verse 32, it says, He will be great, the speaking of Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. That's interesting. We, We see a lot of this fulfilled in the Gospels, don't we? We see that Jesus does become great. I mean, he becomes very famous. Everybody's trying to get a hold of him. Everybody's trying to be with him. And then he would become great as he died upon the cross. In fact, Jesus would have more impact on the world than probably any other person who ever lived. In positive, anyway. Adam probably had more, but, you know more than anybody who'd ever lived. He would have a positive impact on this world, and even Western civilization has been greatly affected by it, even amongst people who don't believe. You know, it's interesting. I was reading a book by Vishnu Mangawati, The Book That Made Your World, and he's somebody from the East who looks at the blessings that have come upon the Western world just because of the Bible and the influence of Jesus and the Judeo-Christian ethic. It's pretty amazing. But Jesus had this great impact on the world. And, and he, so he's become great, and he's also known, very clearly, as the Son of God, right? I mean, who would argue that Jesus is not known as the Son of God? Now, people may say he isn't, but, but nobody can argue that he's, he claimed that or that he's been called that. And yet, when did he sit on the throne of his father, David? Well, that hasn't happened, has it? Not on this earth. And, and yet, we're going to see the fulfillment of that in the future, in fact, it tells us in Matthew chapter 20, 25 at the end, appropriately after the parable of the ten virgins, and appropriately after the, the parable of the talents or the minas, it, it talks about when the Son of Man comes and all his holy angels with him, then he will sit on his throne of glory and he will divide the nations as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will, divide, he will judge the nations. This is the return of Christ. This is the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. As he sits on his throne and he divides up the people. And the goats, those who did not minister to the needs of his brethren, the Jews. And we, we get that from Joel chapter 3. But they did not minister to the, the people of Israel. Will be cast into the lake of fire. They believed in a false Jesus. But those on the right who did. Minister to the needs of the Jews and who did have faith, true faith in him, will enter the kingdom which is the millennial kingdom, which is an earthly kingdom, which we, as Christians, will rule and reign over them for a thousand years. And so this is what the angel's telling him. He, he's going to sit on his, the throne of David. We see another picture of this in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 21, where it says, Then I saw heaven open, and he who sat on a white horse, and, and thousands of saints with him, all his saints with him, that's you and me, riding on white horses, and he had a robe dipped in blood, and on his, on his side was written a name, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he had eyes of the flame of fire, and a sword came from his mouth, through which he would smite the nations. And we see this picture of Jesus returning, and what it's going to look like when he comes back and establishes his throne and his kingdom. But we also see that in Joel chapter 3. Where it talks about the the earth will be reaped. And we see that in the book of Revelation. The earth is reaped and everybody's gathered to the valley of Jehoshaphat. The valley of decision. And he will sit and judge the nations. And so all these prophecies will come true when Jesus returns. At an hour when we do not expect. And so he says watch and be ready watching me ready and so this is something that's not happened yet it's going to happen and it goes on to say verse 33 and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom there will be no end
0: thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes if you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756